This is the Tom Bigby Tales, and I'm your host, Shannon Evans. Today's episode is Oops, She Did It Again. It's been a minute since our last podcast as we work on a a layout and realistic publishing plan going forward. While the CVB and Cultural Heritage Foundation's issues and ridiculous spending habits will continue to be examined, the focus will shift more to Columbus-centric history, Columbus mysteries and murders, and other shenanigans of the CVB, Columbus, and our local leadership. But today is an update on the CVB and the foundation's shenanigans, so let's get into it. It looks like the bill for the Mississippi Magazine photo shoot of Carpenter's house that was turned into an ad for the CVB has arrived. Can't wait to see how she spends that one since she was told, A, to quit using her family and home on CVB ads, and B, not spending any advertising dollars without the board's prior approval and going through their new purchasing path. I bet you anything she finds a way to worm her way out of this one with a multi-year contract BS line or some such nonsense. I certainly hope the board does not give in and let her get away with this and makes her foot the bill personally. It's the only way she will stop this runaway, pointless, self-indulging spending of our tax dollars. It is also rumored by a highly reliable source that Carpenter recently ordered custom gifts at a significant cost to take to a conference, again, without prior board approval or going through the newly created purchasing process. It seems she's challenging the board to call her out on her behavior. She needs to get letters of reprimands and placed on immediate administrative leave until her contract is up. Take her keys to the building, remove her access to all accounts, banking, credit cards, etc., Change all passwords to emails, etc. Take her CVB paid-for phone and send her home and let her work across the parking lot instead at the cultural center. Otherwise, she will spend the CVB into oblivion and drive up their debt before March 31st. She has been heard to tell her staff at the CVB they need to start spending that ARPA money and yet was clueless to the rules and regulations on how that money can be spent. She seems to think it is an unrestricted account that can be spent indiscriminately. Is she purposely trying to enmesh the CVB in illegal use of ARPA funds to leave the organization in dire straits with fees, repayments, and fines, or is she really that clueless? You be the judge. Recently, Carpenter appeared at the local exchange club to talk about her new role at the foundation. More on how she got that job in a minute. However, back to the article. All At the Exchange Club meeting, Carpenter spent the majority of her presentation going on and on and on about herself and what she has done, allegedly, at the CVB. While that might be important for a future job interview, it was not pertinent to the presentation proposed to the group. What will it take to bring more tourism to Columbus? Well, instead of focusing on that topic, as she had promised, instead she continued to promote her imaginary children's museum, which I am sure she insists will be named for her. In this imaginary world of her museum, with the tacky Christmas tree currently upstairs in the window, 
She told multiple fibs at that meeting about all the work that's been done to create this alleged museum up to date. The promise of yet-to-be-named local investors, and in the meantime, never once mentions her own board has said it is highly unlikely they will pursue such a project in the future, as it is so costly. As a matter of fact, I have it on good authority, the board is seriously considering divesting the building through a sale of the two adjoining properties, the Muscle White building on the corner and the Elks Club. I wonder if between now and the sale of the Elks Club building, if they will consider renting out the space for events to at least recoup some of the last-minute high-priced repairs done to the building to get it ready for that folly of an art and antique sale. Not one person appears to have entered that building since the event, except Nancy, Carpenter, and her employees. And that was only to put up the Christmas tree. But like Tom Bodette says, she's keeping the porch light on for you. The dispatch article goes on to infer that the cultural foundation uh, um, assists with the annual pilgrimage in Columbus. In recent years, due to Carpenter's lack of transparency and failure to follow through with promised marketing, as well as various other issues, both home tour groups remove their organizations from the CVB and only use the Tennessee Williams Building's dining room to set up in with their own volunteers to sell event tickets. Unless the, the presentation, excuse me, unless the Preservation Society has changed their relationship with Carpenter, the CVB, and the foundation, there's no working relationship by either group where the foundation is concerned, despite what Carpenter has said. The Historic Home Tours Group, the original pilgrimage home of homes, and the longtime homeowners dating back 80-plus years, has stated unequivocally that as long as Carpenter is associated with the CVB or the foundation, they will remain unassociated as they find Carpenter to be, quote, unaccountable, unprofessional, and uncommitted to promoting tourism, much less fulfilling any of the in-kind promises she made for marketing. She has, to the home, <laughs> I'm going to repeat that. They will remain unassociated as they find Carpenter to be, quote, unaccountable, unprofessional, and uncommitted to promoting tourism, much less fulfilling any of the in-kind promises for marketing she has made to the Historic Home Tours Group, close quote. Well, that's pretty damning. Maybe once Carpenter's gone, that once longstanding relationship with the Foundation and the CBB can be mended. Only time itself will tell. But let's get back to how she got selected on the foundation's new board as their new director, because it is all murky and at the very least unethical. Back in late August or so, the state ethics committee delivered a ruling to the CVB and foundation, which up until then had had the same board and CEO. The, the ethics committee stated that in their ruling, the committee instructed the CVB board to select another board for the CCHF, the foundation, and that it must also have its own independent director. The CVB board and CEO could assist in the transition, but only briefly as they were instructed to separate the two immediately. The CVB board complied. A new board selection process began. 
The new board had five members initially, and two of the five decided it was not a good fit and immediately resigned. More applications were submitted, and Carpenter, for some reason, oversaw the selection of the new additions, though she had no formal role with the new board, and despite the Ethics Commission's findings. This led to the October meeting, which just held three board members. The two new board members had not been affirmed to their positions, but would be possibly at that meeting, though that is not clear as it was not a public meeting and there are rumors that they were not invited. Carpenter sat at the meeting and as soon as the meeting started, her friend and foundation board member Brenda Willis nominated Carpenter to be their new CEO. The second person on the board whose name escapes me at the moment, seconded it, and they held a vote under protest by fellow board member Sonic Johnson, who wanted the floor open for discussions. He did ask how they would pay her salary since it wasn't in their budget, which led to Carpenter's infamous declaration that she knew how to move money around to get paid. But she did all this with the help of Willis without first seating the entire board. So, no board size, of significance at the vote, no discussion or motion, no advertising or posting of job listings to seek additional qualified applicants, and now no CVB control of what is done with the funds that they must allocate to support the Tennessee Williams building. The only way anyone will know anything about how monies are spent at the foundation is through their 990 filings, which are now two to three years behind good grief. They get the bulk of their funding through public funds. So are their board meetings public? How does the public remain informed of how their tax dollars are spent at the foundation? Can a private foundation funded primarily with public money hire a CEO and director without at least publicly advertising the position's availability? If what they did isn't illegal, it is extremely unethical and reflects poorly on the new board at the foundation as well as on Nancy Carpenter. If they do something this sneaky and underhanded just in selecting a CEO, what unethical and questionable behaviors will will they practice with the CVB's funding in the future? What will they do with grant money should they apply and be awarded any grants? What will they do with the monies in the restricted accounts like the Monroe Crip, or more importantly, the large Butler donation for the art installation to honor Tennessee Williams? How can we trust that they manage the monies given and act as responsible stewards of the Tennessee Williams building? How do we know that Carpenter will not give the building back to MDOT like she tried to do after the initial ethics ruling? Fortunately, former CVB board member Joe Beckett confronted her before the entire board, who were shocked and appalled that she would do such a thing. They then chastised her actions and told her she had no right to do such a thing. She, meaning Carpenter, had insisted on taking the double-decker buses, the pilgrimage advertising, arts and antiques, and catfish in the alley away from the foundation and placed them back under the CVB after the ethics ruling. She's already promising the tour buses and pilgrimage back to her new board at the foundation. 
Has she bothered to even discuss these things with the CVB board and what their wants and desires are? How long before she moves arts and antique and catfish in the alley back to the foundation so she can continue bilking the public for more money? And if they are all monetary losses each year, why would she want them? Does she skim money off them and then pass the bills on to the CVB? What is her agenda? I bet you dollars to donuts. She tries to convince the CVB to give the Elks building to the foundation for them to turn into a children's museum and leaving the mortgage payment and light bills in the CVB's hands and on their ledger. In the meantime, it is rumored that Carpenter is working behind the scenes with city and county officials to not keep Treasurer Quinn Brislin on the board after his term ends in February. And further, that she is lobbying to not be forced into retirement with the CVB and to be extended a new contract. Can she do that? Well, she's manipulated city leaders and the county board of supervisors before to get rid of people on the board who tried to hold her accountable. Why should we be surprised if she's busy behind the scenes manipulating additional things? She must not be allowed to continue manipulating the selection of CVB board members who are her employers. She must not be allowed to reverse her entire retirement at the CVB. She must be held accountable for her actions, including her unfettered spending at the CVB, and she must be confronted by the CVB board and the local news for blatantly lying about CVB and foundation business. The meeting of the CVB board on Tuesday, November 28th, is a critical moment. Make sure you reach out to the board's membership to give her professional reprimands for misspending CVB money on advertising. Tell them to put her on administrative leave, even if it has to be paid administrative leave, and put an interim CEO in place while conducting a national search for a qualified replacement. Then, email or call Brenda Willis, Sonic Johnson, and Talitha Carter and demand transparency in any future foundation business. This is your money and our town's tourism future. We deserve accountability for all public money spent by Carpenter at either place. Sunlight truly is the best disinfectant. In the meantime, I'd like to give a shout out to the Main Street Organization and Barbara Bigelow and Amber Brislin for decorating downtown for Christmas and spending three hours getting the new town Christmas tree ready for the tree lighting. Main Street Columbus it seems to be more dedicated to promoting our small town and should be commended for all they do to attract tourists and other visitors to our historic downtown district. I want to thank you for joining me on Tom Bigby Tales. Until next time.